What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 18, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode... Uh, we're not talking about solitudes. That's the wrong one. We're talking about Tin Man. Tin we're talking Man. about Tin Man today. Yep. Now you know that Zach, who does the show notes, can screw up. <laughs> you, can, you can find us <laughs> if you're looking for us. You can find us. Um, so last time, I think I said that we have this website, and I got it almost right. It is the hilarious Walking Dash Through Dash The Dash po- Podcast. No, Walking Dash Through Dash The Dash Stargate dot pinecast dot co not dot com dot co i have no idea it doesn't really matter that's a way that you can find us or you can go to your podcast aggregator you can find us on google play podcasts and on spotify podcasts and on apple podcasts and you know the spiel rate us review us and give us all the chevin the chevin chevron ratings give us the chevin chevron chevron it's the beautiful pine furniture. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, so once they find us, Zach, uh, let's say that they listen to us and then they say that uh, they should get a hold of us. How would they do that? They should get a hold of us by emailing us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. It's Okay, dear listeners, normally we record the podcast at a sensible hour, and today we're deciding to do it at a completely irresponsible hour. And so there might be some... It's going to be a saucy one today. It it could very well be saucy. You know the drill. It's walking through the Stargate. (laughs) If you can't spell, well, well, that's on you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Just go back to a previous episode. You'll get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, if you don't want to email us, uh, by the way, Brent, there... Uh, who was it? Like uh, somebody sent an email, and we have not responded to them yet. Because, oh no! Because you yeah. said that you sent it to me and said, "Hey, look at this." And I looked at that, and I says, yeah. "Do you want to respond, or should I respond?" And you says, "Oh, you can." And I says, "Yeah, that'd be great." But I, I ran out of time. Oh, this this past oh. yeah. Uh, we'll it's, get into we'll get into all sorts of details. Yeah, but uh, what yeah. are, what other ways can folks get a hold of us? So you can uh, follow us on Twitter at Stargate Walking, or go to Facebook Walking Through the Stargate, and look for us there. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group, and and hang out and and do all of that stuff uh, there. It's mm-hmm. a community. It's there. It's, it's there. Facebook. Hey, we Ooh, are Facebook. chatting occasionally. And if you uh, chat more often, then there'll be more chatting. Yeah, this is true. You might actually drive me back into Facebook if that thing starts to actually work. But uh, You know, that has been my plan the entire time. uh, Way back when I said, hey, Brent, let's do a podcast, it was uh, all It was all to get me back onto Facebook. To get you back into Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) That's so nice. That's so nice of you. Only because, you know... Yeah, it's because you care. You care about. Me. I, I care. I care desperately. Yeah. Uh, so 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 yeah. So we are also. So not only are we recording this at a ridiculously late hour, um, dear listeners, I have had probably one of the more tumultuous weeks that I have had in quite a while. Uh, normally, we record on Thursdays, and uh, last Thursday, uh, one of the one of the uh, guest stars of our show from a, few, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Sully, my cat, um, he had to be put to sleep. And so the long 
slow decline finally caught up with him. And so uh, that was Thursday morning. And I texted Zach and I said, I don't think I've got it in me for a show. And he's like, yeah, dude, um, don't worry about it. So uh, that was a week ago. Um, no, I have not been uh, despondent for the past week because then I immediately shifted gears into uh, just everyday life, including three days of in- extremely intense like strategic framework things for my actual real job. So yeah, is it your real job, Brent? It's it's my real job. They give me money. I solve problems and they hand me money, and so uh, mm. they. Uh, so anyway, so so yes, yeah, so this episode's a, a week late. Um. Uh, oh yeah, complicating matters is also Ash, guest of the show. Ash uh, is still with us, but mm, that's also we're hmm, the time frame on that one is definitely looking on the shorter end of things. So we're a little bit a uh, little we're a little a little bit of tumultuousness going on over here right now. So so there's some some challenges over at the, right. the Brent household. At the Brent household, there's a little yeah. we got a little bit going on. So anyway, so appreciations for you, dear listeners, for sticking with us. Uh, thanks for giving me some space to, you know, do my thing. And uh, But yeah, uh, watch this one. This one's great and I'm ready to talk about it, too. Ooh. Oh, he, he just spoiled it. He, he liked it. Oh. No, I... Yeah, I guess. Anyway, oh, okay. <laughs> let's carry on. <laughs> Shall we start on with this show? Let's get going. <laughs> okay, so uh, this episode, Tin Man, was directed by Jimmy Kaufman. Jimmy this Kaufman. is his only SG-1 credit. He is apparently really? best known uh-huh. for directing the TV movies Whiskers and Time at the Top. Whiskers was from 1997, and IMDb tells us that it's about a friendless youngster who asks a cat goddess to help his feline friend. A friendless youngster asks a cat goddess to help his feline friend. Yep, that's what IMDb says. I have plenty of cat people that I think either need to see this or I need to like call them out and be like, you've seen whiskers, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years later, he does time at the top. And this is about a 14 year old Susan Shawson who travels back in time in her building's elevator. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> as altered by a retired physicist living in her building. Oh, it transports her from Philadelphia of 1998 back to the same place in 1881. There she mm-hmm. meets Victoria Walker, a girl her own age in need of assistance with her own family problems and gradually discovering the power of her time machine. Susan, Victoria, and her young brother Robert travel back and forth in time and succeed in changing both the past and the future. Holy cow. I think I need to see this. That sounds rad. I'm not even kidding. Okay. Well, you watch it, Brent, and you I tell love me time if it's travel worth, things. I, I, yeah, I know. It's one of my I, favorites. Yeah. Um, well, there so, we go. Okay, so there's there time at the top. And if you ever wanted to learn more about Jimmy Kaufman, you can go to his website at jimmyfilm.net. <laughs> jimmyfilm.net. Jimmy at Film. least it's not dot co. It's not dot co. It's dot net. Dot net. And that's spelled dot. N-E-T. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I win. So, the teleplay for Tin Man is by Jeff F. King. And Jeff you've heard his name, King. Jeff F. King. Uh, this is his third and his final SG-1 writing credit. 
Mm. Uh, you'll remember him from Cold Lazarus and mm-hmm. Bloodlines. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Later on, as the show progresses, there will be a few episodes that has some excerpts from his shows, but uh, that hardly counts. Like clip shows or something? Uh, I would never admit to such a thing like that, Brent. <laughs> I'll nice. let you find that out on your own. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, worth noting, though, that he is an, a co-executive producer of SG-1 from The Enemy Within through The Knock. So those first uh, five or six episodes, he was actually a co-executive producer. Hmm. Yeah. His first writing credit was the TV series Diamonds in 1987. Hmm. According to IMDb, it's a comedy slash drama about hmm. Mike and Christina who work together on a television show called Two of Diamonds. And they would mm-hmm. eventually fall in love, get married, and get divorced. Years later, they would get back together in a different sense as private investigators. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> they work well together, but they keep it strictly business. Strictly business, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. Still, they cared for one another and never forgot. Oh, boy. It's sort of wow. like an opposite of moonlighting there. Oh, yeah. That's a good read on that. Oh, interesting. Um, I've never seen it, don't know anything about it, but his first writing credit was in that. Because wasn't Moonlighting right around that time? Maybe it was a little later. Maybe it wasn't Uh, like it was after 87. I don't remember when... uh, I was a kid, but I I think I vaguely am aware that I was getting some of those (sighs) jokes, which means that I couldn't have... 87, I would have been six or seven years old, so it it had to have been after that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I could look it up, but I'm not going to. Yeah, okay. So, uh, Tin Man originally aired on February 13, 1998. This is one day before Valentine's Day. And number uh-huh. one on the charts in the U.S., people were lis- listening to Nice and Slow by Usher. I, just yeah, I, I didn't know that one. Yeah. And in the U.K., they were still listening to Dr. Jones Dr. by Jones, Aqua. Dr. Jones, calling Dr. Jones. I, I didn't know it until I looked it up. Um... For I guess it was the previous episode that we did, and as soon as I was hearing the, I mean, I think almost as soon as the song really started, I'm like, oh my gosh, this! I'm pretty sure I haven't heard that song in over 20 <laughs> years. I mean, I'm pretty sure that the last time was uh, back when it was on the radio. Fair enough, fair enough, and and you can't see this, dear listener, but I am just here grooving to the non-existent music. So, uh, while while I'm grooving to my non-existent music, I'm going to tell you about the box office for the weekend. Titanic is number one, of course. Uh, Brand new number two, though, it's Wedding Singer. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, Is is that that Adam Sandler? Yeah, it was Adam Sandler. Okay, you got Sphere is number three. As good as it gets. Sphere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. As good as it gets. Goes from number six last week to number four. It pops into that top five. And finally, The Borrowers at number five. I don't I don't know the borrowers. Know that one. The bo- bo- I don't know the borrowers. The borrowers. The borrowers. Uh, you know, I mean, borrowers. I remember that there there is a book series called The Borrowers that were about tiny little people uh, that were like the size of mice that remind me of the TV show and books, maybe The Littles. I don't know if you know hmm. those. Um, oh, and maybe it's that, or maybe it's something completely different. I have no idea. Sure. But I don't know either. 
So, all right, what's been going on around this time, right around Valentine's Day 1998? Mm-hmm. Well, on the 11th, KVBC-FM in Las Vegas offers Monica Lewinsky $5 million for an interview. Yeah. This was... Yeah. Boy, wasn't it nice when this was the biggest thing we had to worry about? <laughs> Seriously. The big question was, did she or didn't, or didn't he? She? Didn't, yeah. Did he or did didn't he? he? Did he? Oh, it depends on what you mean by is. <laughs> uh, oh, things were boy. simpler. Uh-huh. Uh, on February 12th, the U.S. District Judge T. Hogan declares line item veto law unconstitutional. Do you remember this, Brent? No, I don't remember so, this. So way back in uh, the early mid-90s, the Congress finally got around and gave the president line item veto power, yeah. which allows him then to take a bill uh, and yeah, strike, strike out of lines that that he doesn't like. This mm-hmm. basically it was used to prevent uh, them for sneaking in an extra four hundred fifty thousand oh, yeah, right. dollars to to fund this bridge. guy's pet project over yeah, there, right, right, and whatnot. Uh, this was a big deal for me because I was taking my government constitution class in high school uh-huh. Uh-huh. when this law came out, and I was yeah. looking at this and I was looking at the law, and I'm like. Uh, teacher, I think this law is unconstitutional. Now, I approve yeah. of it. I think it's a good thing. I would yeah. love for the president to have this power, but I still think that the law is unconstitutional based on how the Constitution is written. And he's yeah. like, no, it's not. They just passed a law. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. Uh-huh. And so then a few years later in 1998, this comes out, and I'm like, ah, vindicated. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, so, good job, Zach. Yes. Good job, past Zach. That's right. High school Zach, you did a great job paying attention to government class. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. The day after Valentine's Day, a couple days after this aired, on February 15th, the 40th Daytona 500 is run, and Dale Earnhardt wins. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. A couple days later, the U.S. Naval Academy cadet Diane Zamora, who was 20, was convicted of capital murder. Huh, I don't remember that one. I don't remember that one either. Also on the 17th, so this is a big day, apparently, Larry Wayne and Larry Wayne Harris and Bill Levitt are arrested for possession of anthrax. The band? No, I don't think so. Oh. It would be way Ah, not a big ah. deal if it was just the band. (laughs) I don't understand what the big deal is. I mean, they're loud, but, you know, they're kind of harmless. Yeah, but I guess if they possessed the band, that's sort of like kidnapping, I guess. I suppose so, you know, but, Um, uh, you know... Maybe they just invited him over with, uh, you know, lots of beer or something. There you go. All right. So, trivia, that is... Oh, okay, yes. Uh, (laughs) 
it's it's been one of those days. <laughs> also, keep in mind that that I wrote these show notes in preparation for last week. And oh, so, so it's I'm been a while. Yeah, again after yeah. a week, and it's like yeah, you're looking at it going, huh? What did I what? write? What did I write? Yeah. So uh, in this episode, uh, uh, George Hammond's granddaughters are mes- men- mentioned. Tessa and Kayla, and they are named after Brad Wright's daughters. Huh. Uh, Brad Wright being the creator. Yeah. Of the show. Good old Grandpa Don. Don Grandpa S. Don S. Davis. By the way, uh, uh, something that, that, that kind of popped into my head, Julie was mentioning to me, uh, Don S. Davis was actually part of the cast, sort of, of MacGyver. Oh. Um, so, in MacGyver... Uh, I don't remember any of the characters' names other than MacGyver because I didn't watch the show that much. But <laughs> but MacGyver also had kind of a, a rotund bald guy who uh, was his uh, superior, in a okay. manner of speaking. And Don S. Davis was his stand-in. Really? Yeah. So oh, if, if they needed him, you know, so when they need to set up the, all of the lights and make yeah, sure everything sure. is set properly, well, you don't have, uh, you know, your main actors doing that. You don't you waste have, his time. No, you waste somebody else's time. And <laughs> you Don waste S. this Davis, other guy, Donna Davis, yeah. <laughs> was that guy. Um, so uh, nice. that's a little tidbit on yeah, that. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, also a goof in this episode. At the very beginning... Uh, Colonel O'Neill welcomes everybody to P3X989. But then, as soon as the opening credits are finished, he says, Hey, look at this PX3989. So it's either P3X or it's PX3. Later in the episode, Hammond calls it PX3, so that's probably correct. Yes. All right. Well, then you know they. St- he, he was too busy trying to make a joke. This is your colonel speaking. Yep. <laughs> this is your uh, colonel speaking, and uh, welcome to this place that is a balmy room temperature. Room temperature. <laughs> All right. So let's uh, get into the synopsis, shall yeah. we? Yeah. All right, SG-1 arrives on PX-3989 and finds themselves in a huge complex. It is empty as they begin to explore. But moments later, they are scanned by a mysterious light and immediately fall to the ground unconscious. They wake up dressed in new clothing and lack their equipment and soon meet a strange character named Harlan. Comtria! Comtria! Who claims that SG-1 are now better? Better. (laughs) Harlan (laughs) takes them through the complex to retrieve their equipment. Afterward, the team prepares to leave, despite Harlan's strenuous protests that they must stay. The team returns to Stargate Command, where they are sent to the infirmary and examined by Dr. Janet Frazier. While checking Colonel O'Neill for a heartbeat, she is understandably surprised when she doesn't hear anything at all. 
She goes to take a blood sample, but instead of blood, a milky liquid pours forth from the colonel's veins. Everyone is shocked. O'Neill grabs a scalpel, and cutting deep into his arm, he tears a hole into it and discovers that he, and frankly the rest of his team, is an android. Frazier hits the alarm button, and soon the infirmary is filled with security guards. They are confined in a holding cell where they discuss their predicament. It doesn't look good. While trying to convince General Hammond that they are who they say they are, they suddenly begin to collapse, apparently shutting down. They convince Hammond to allow them to return to PX3989. They barely make it back before they seem to shut down completely, but upon arriving in the complex, they immediately begin to feel better. Harlan is there waiting for them, and he confesses that he turned them into androids, but claims he cannot return them to their original bodies. Harlan himself is, in fact, also an android, the last member of an extinct race called Altairan. That uh, and he was programmed to keep the giant facility on P three PX three nine eight nine running. Harlan transformed SG one so that they could help him maintain the giant facility. As they contemplate their new existence, Tilk decides to wander off without a word. And before the team can chase after him, Claxons go off, and Harlan impresses upon them the need for their help. Reluctantly, they head off into the great complex, seeking out the places that need fixing. In the process, Teal'c attacks O'Neill. Apparently something went wrong when he was transformed into an android because of his Jaffa anatomy, and now he wants to kill. Harlan zaps Teal'c with an energy weapon, disintegrating him. And during all this, the disaster is averted. Come try ya! Come try <laughs> The death of Teal'c spurs the rest of the team to keep exploring what exactly is going on on PX3989, and soon they discover the truth. They were not transformed into androids, but rather are android duplicates of the original team. Harlan was holding the originals in a lab, waiting until the androids accepted their new life. His plan was to release the original SG-1 in time such that the androids would never know the difference. The existential reality of meeting oneself is quite fascinating to Carter and to Daniel, but Android O'Neill is finding this much more difficult. Human O'Neill goes to discuss things with his duplicate. Android O'Neill is not pleased that his life was taken from him. Still, he recognizes that he can't go back to the SGC. The androids promise to stay on the planet, helping Harlan maintain the facility, and the humans promise not to send a nuke to destroy the planet. Seems... Fair. Yeah. A new Android Teal'c is made, and then the original SG-1 returns home. The end. Come try Come try <laughs> So, Brent. Yeah. Tin Man. Yeah. What'd you think? It is better. It was... Ah, it was fun and it was lighthearted and it was funny and silly and it had that good old fashioned sci-fi thing of what happens when you copy something i'm thinking of like uh multiplicity 
Um, oh, Michael yep. Keaton with multiplicity. Yep. yep. Uh, you just <clears throat> dated yourself there, Sparty, Sparky. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'm an old man. I'm an old man. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, uh, it was enjoyable, and I don't, ha- I don't have any sense that this was telling me much about the big story arc. This one felt very tightly contained, um, and you know, I mean, it barely, it doesn't even. I don't even think that this one even like pops open the can of the question of like, you know, what does it mean to be human? Uh, just because it's, 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 you know, it just kind of goes over the same. Uh, story arc that I have seen before, which is, you know, like, do the copies feel like the original or do they feel like a copy? Well, you know, in this case, they feel like the originals and they're feeling right, a little slighted. Right. Um, I found it uh, um, pretty cool. I mean, like, like the story was fun. The The guest actor that uh, played Harlan, he was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the sort of the overall concept about what was happening or why or whatever was, you know, plausible enough. And I was, you know, it was... It was it was pleasant and it was enjoyable. Uh, Christopher Judge's little squish, squish himself down acting. Uh, that was pretty. <laughs> he did a pretty. He did such a good job in his squish down moment that I was actually kind of wondering if there was like some prosthesis being used or something, just because like he really did a good job deforming his own body <laughs> for that <laughs> shot. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Like. Oh yeah, and then um, Doctor Fraser's reaction, uh, discovering that uh, the SG one team were not who you know were not human. Yeah, like as soon as she was like security in there, I'm like, oh right, right, because I'm so um, captivated or or right, you know, in the in the form of that story, I was still right there, like you know, what happened to the SG one team? And you know, all things considered, Doctor Fraser nailed it. They weren't them. Like, you know, at that point in the story, it was, uh, you know, something along the lines of that the SG-1 team are them. They just have been implanted into something else. And so, you know, now the question is, how do we go back? But, hey, turns out it really was just not, you know, an invasion in a manner of speaking. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Harlan, the- theoretically, Harlan could have just as easily implanted, uh, you know, a-, a new set of directives once they got uh, back to their base, right? Like, they could have totally felt that they were who they were, and once they got there, they could have easily been like, and now it's time to destroy this place, right? You know, like, it's, she was she was on it. It was great. Good yeah. job, her. I mean, as it turns out, though, that, that they was it was really just a an innocent copy, and, yes. and Harlan is just like, I just want some friends! Yeah, which was which you know bad. after <laughs> ten thousand years or whatever it's been. Yeah, and, uh, one of the things that I I just found delightful about mm-hmm. this episode uh, when they first meet Harlan and he's like, "Come try it," and they're like, "What?" Uh, yeah. and, and and then uh, uh, Daniel goes to shake his hand, and he yes. kind of sticks his hand out there. <laughs> oh, this is the 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 greeting for you. And then he then Harlan sticks his hand out. Yes. And it's kind of like this this point. It's like hello. <laughs> it was that, that was one. Of, there were several moments in this episode that I was laughing out loud. Uh, it, uh, just, it was it yeah. was good. Uh, I, 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 I like that. The uh, the set for that ancient complex was 
was kind of fun and and neat sure. in a lot of ways. Although I kind of had to laugh at the uh, the comp the the computer console that they had. Yes, it's, it was this this very uh, uh, futuristic thing and this basic box CRT monitor. Just, oh, totally. Just with uh, there, and then it had like like some some weird grid tape taped yep. over it. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 alien. Look at the tape. Yeah, look at yeah yeah. <laughs> it's it's alien. And I'm like right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there there is one spot that that uh, every time I've seen this episode uh, in in my memory at least uh, kind of makes me. Uh, I find odd is is that uh, they they take SG one and they throw them into basically the brig right right they're in a holding cell um, that makes sense okay uh, they kind of sound like SG one what do we do with them uh, O'Neill or not O'Neill uh, Hammond goes and talks to them and. All of a sudden, when they start collapsing, he's like, "Oh yeah, 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 sure, just send them back to the planet," with without any other comment. Now, admittedly, if if he didn't do that, there would literally be no more story left to tell. Um, right. But um, I, I kind of felt that that was a little bit odd. I mean, if these yes. guys are a danger, don't yes. just send them back to. <laughs> Right. Oh, Um, no, totally. But on the other hand, though, too, like I could also imagine a situation where the, you know, the Android Android SG-1 team goes to Hammond and says, well, no, I was thinking about this, too. All right. So originally it's like, you know, hey, dude, just send us back. And Hammond being all like, you got it. Get out of here. But uh, no, actually, they have been on a secret base and now they know information. Yeah. Yeah. and so, yeah, it was. It was uh, until you determined who these these things are yeah. and what their plan is. If you have them in custody, you don't just let them go because no. they're like, "But we are who we say we are." Yeah, and you know, I mean, like this. This is definitely something I I understand what's going on. It oh, has yeah. to be a television show, but uh, yeah, General Hammond is a bit of a softy, like. This is not the first time that uh, you know that, that that you know not the 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 moment in the television story is kind of indicating that he doesn't have all the information. Uh, turns out he makes the right call, but uh, a reasonable mind could disagree on that one. Yeah, <laughs> like Although, that, that was a bit I, of a risk. I, I did like um, how authoritative he got when they were having the altercation in the infirmary. Yeah, and and he's like. Any re- resistance will be met with deadly force. Is that understood? Boom. End of story. Yeah. You stop yeah. talking right now and do exactly what I say, or I will blow your brains out, or uh, whatever yep. your android has for brains. <laughs> so, <laughs> your um, Terminator style brains. There you go. Have to dip you in a vat of molten. Oh, I guess that's a spoiler. <laughs> Don't spoil the old movies, Brent. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? Let's see. Um, trying to think of anything about it that I didn't really like. Um, it's hard not to find a thing at fault, just because the episode didn't really take itself that seriously. That's true. Uh, and so you know when it's when it's just when it's just a when it really is 
a fun story that seems to have some tense elements in it, but it's really mostly just a kind of a lighthearted story. Um, you know, there's all sorts of things that I can kind of overlook. I did have a moment. Uh, you know, it, the, here's the thing is that when, when it's, uh, when it's this lighthearted, the things that I'm thinking about that were negative were just silly, uh, as in like, uh, they go to this, um, they go to this alien planet and planet and it looks like a power power station, right? right? Like, you know, okay, yeah, whatever. That's a set, you know, I'm like, Ooh, you know, like I can't really blame them for that. Or when, um, when the Android SG-1 team was about to get sent back to PX bar, um, that, uh, uh, PX3989. Yeah, that's it. Uh, there were two <laughs> extras, both in, um, I believe it was blue hard hats, hard hats and lab coats, both carrying clipboards, both walking down the ramp at the same time and then exiting stage right. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious just because I, I was just that. like, how are they? Well, I mean, it's easy to miss. I mean, they were just extras walking off stage. However, they were both holding the clipboards in a very similar manner. They both were, they both appeared very similar to each other, mostly just because of the costuming. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they walked off set um, or, you know, walked off shot. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm just laughing because, you know, it was, it was a bit of a slow moment in the story. And I'm looking at it going like, how are they going to be, you know, how are they going to be credited? Is it, you know, like man with clipboard number one and man with clipboard number two? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like that's that seems a, kind of a ridiculous thing to be like, you know, harping on the show about. But yeah, but, uh, yeah no, it was it was fun. I don't think that it particularly like i said i don't think it uh it opened any meaningful questions in that kind of that sci-fi way um you know though the closest they got would be kind of exploring that concept of being human again um you know through the lens of is is the duplicate just as human as the original um and they didn't really get into it too much well i mean that conversation there at the at the end between human and android o'neill i thought was was really just kind of a a poignant conversation between, uh, you know, it's like if you had to uh, have a conversation with yourself and your other self had a remarkably different perspective uh, yeah. and yet was fully and completely you, yes. what would it sound like? And well, if you think about it, this is the second time O'Neill has had such a conversation. When was the first? He, he had the conversation with the blue crystal version of himself. Oh well, yeah. I guess it was different, but it was similar. Yeah, although in that situation, the blue crystal thing thought of himself as the blue crystal thing, and Uh, in this one here, the the only thing different between these two people is that the android was an android, and but he felt and thought and and was still even at the end a little bit bitter that. that uh, his life had been stolen and uh, he doesn't get to go back and do what his life is about. Um, Do you think uh, Android O'Neill and Android Carter fall in love? Only in the way androids do. Do androids dream of electric sheep? Only when they have the subprogramming that allows them to dream (laughs) such things. (laughs) And of course, then I was also thinking, I was like, you know, do you think... um, do you think Jackson and Teal'c fall in love? <coughs> Whoa! <laughs> That's what you have to say about that. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh. 
but I, I mean, it does. There is at least, if we're wanting, if we're willing to go there, there is at least sort of the you know, and then what question. So fine. Harlan is an android. Android yes. Harlan seems to be fine with keeping this facility together for. I mean, did, did was I understanding the story right? Wallace died eleven thousand years ago. Was that something right? Something like that. Yeah. And so this dude's been wandering around by himself, maintaining a facility that's designed to sustain creatures like him, and he's the only. Anyway, so like. But then, so so right there, that tells me that Har- Android Harlan is capable of satisfaction, of, of lifelong satisfaction with the menial, the, the most menial of tasks. Like, he has one thing, keep yep. the station going. And sure, there's lots of parts about that and whatever, blah, blah, blah. But the only purpose to keeping it going is to keep him alive and so he seems to be fine with that and then the sg1 team comes and he's like holy moly taking advantage of this one make some copies says guess what you guys uh you're slaves and you're staying here now and you're helping me fix this place but the copies have known this rich life before being stuck on this base forever yeah doing one thing now i guess presumably uh carter and jackson might be able to think of a way for them to get back onto the surface right because maybe you know maybe they'll they'll devise a way to do some blah 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 and you know the ingenuity of o'neill and of teal's expertise you know sure if i wanted to spin this yarn even further you could probably make the argument that uh, you know hey android sg1 is going to have adventures all their own uh, they're not stuck in that base forever. Yeah. It's going to be great. Harlan's going to see the sun someday. That could be. It would be interesting to find out what happens to these characters. Will I ever have a chance to say Comtria again? Well, I don't know. Can you say Comtria? Well, I mean, I could, but then it would just feel it would just feel cheap. Oh, well, I'm going to do Comtria! it. Comtria. That was funny. I mean, yeah, yeah funny. You know, what is it supposed to mean? Aloha? He did use it a lot. Yeah. Contria was used a lot. Yeah. Well, it was, it, you know, was designed to be that, that silly, goofy greeting thing that kind yeah. of means a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, and the little wiggly thing he did with his fingers. Oh, yeah. He's like. <laughs> yeah. I could, hear, I could hear that sound. It made that noise effect. In fact, in the closed captioning, I usually watch it with closed captioning just so that I don't miss anything. Oh yeah, uh, you know, you could, you could. You, there was like in the closed captioning too. The the, the closed captioning actually went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. The closed captioning made noises. Yeah. It's wow. advanced. It's version two. <laughs> version two. Closed <laughs> captioning now with sounds. <laughs> Hey, you got to keep up with the times, man. <laughs> oh yeah, you know it, it's it's not enough to to uh, you know type all of the things that are being spoken no. on the screen so that you no. can read them. If you might not right. be able to hear, but Correct. you need to then actually translate those back into sound so yes. that those who can't read or yes, so that those who can't read but can hear can can, uh, can hear can, the close can understand captioning. what's going on. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how else are they going to hear the closed captioning? Uh, absolutely, it makes perfect sense that absolutely. in order to hear the closed captioning, one must make it audible. 
And that's clearly closed captioning 2.0. <laughs> closed captioning 3.0, you can say, hey, closed captioning, and then it turns on. Oh. Then you can ask it a question. Oh, is that like saying, you know, hey, Siri? It's like it, only it's more informative. I'm not talking Did you watch just Siri. <laughs> My phone did, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you as be soon as I said that, I, I knew something was going to be. Something was going to go wrong. Yeah. Oh, all right. Meanwhile, there's one of our listeners out there that is like, dang it. Wow. <laughs> Turn off. Wait, wait. Okay, Google. Yeah, I know. I right? like, There you go. Alexa, reorder toilet paper. Confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So we have now triggered all of your devices. You're welcome. I'm probably going to get an invoice for that. Well, so long as you pay for it, I'm okay with it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think, uh, unless you have anything else, Brent, we've had fun with this. Yeah, Um, I sure did. uh, Ten Man, how would you rate it? Oh, I walked in the door, you know, kind of tired after a long day. And at the end of the episode, I had a smile on my face, you know? Yeah. And it was an enjoyable little 40 minutes of storytelling. What more do you want? Uh, I think that Tin Man was delightful. And uh, just because I can't bring myself to give anything other than, like, serious stuff, anything higher than a five, Tin Man gets a five. Tin Man gets a five out of seven chevrons. If it were six, I would be like roaring on the floor laughing, and if it were a seven, then I'd have to reevaluate my life choices. Fair enough. So, so seven, so so seven is a reevaluate your life choices type of episode. (laughs) Well, if it's a if it's a comedic, (laughs) tightly encapsulated episode, then yes. Okay, and and if it's a comedic six, then you are rolling on the floor laughing. Correct. Well, five and I wasn't is on the floor. one that brings a smile to your face. A sensible chuckle. Yeah. A sensible chuckle. Come <laughs> try a. Let's see here. Uh, come try a Tin Man. It's just a fun episode. I enjoy yeah. it. Uh, I I get a kick. I would. I watched. I actually ended up watching it twice. Once last week, uh, and then again this week, uh, and and I enjoyed it both times, and I've enjoyed it every time I've seen it. You know what? I think that you are speaking truth, Brent, when you give uh, Tin Man a five. It's just it's a, a fun, good, light episode, number. especially yeah. after Solitudes last week, right? Um, I mean, you had oh, this yeah. really thick, deep, heavy episode with uh, you know uh, the the near death of of two of our characters, and then you get this uh, jaw dropping second Stargate popping in at the end. All of that stuff, uh, and then you come back with this episode, and it's just kind of light and, and fluffy, and and uh, right where you need it to be. Yep. So right where you need it to be. That's a good way to describe it. There you go. That's what Comtraya means. Right come where try you needed it to be. Right where you need it to be. I'm telling uh, you. Okay, we need a meme. A meme? All right, listeners. We need a Comtraya meme. I guess we do. And a Help jingle. We need a and jingle. And a jingle. Come on, you can do a lot of things with Comtraya. Oh! oh Comtraya walking through the Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Kom, 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 tryer, kom, 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 tryer, kom, 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 tryer, kom, 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 tryer. It works. There you go. It works. Help us out. All right, Brent. Yes. After a delightful episode of Tin Man, yeah, our next episode is entitled "There But for the Grace of God." There, but for the grace of God, go I. Mm-hmm. What is not, not 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 go I? Just there, but for the grace of God. What is there, but for the grace of God about? If I make a Jenny Lewis and the Watson Twins reference, will you get that, Zach? Nope. Okay, and then I won't do that. Uh, but I got some listeners out there that are winking right now. They're like, hey, I'm sure you do. Hey, I know what you did there. <laughs> there but for the grace of God. Oh, boy. I can tell that I spent all of my creative energy in three days of strategic initiative. Blah. Um, let's see here. There but for the grace of God. So the gate opens and the SG-1 team pops through. They discover that they have started to survey a world that appears by all outside observations to be just a very normal human, human uh, habitable world. But something dark and sinister leaks or lurks behind the surface. Leaks. Something dark and sinister leaks behind the surface. As I, it leaks it behind leaks. the surface. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's for soup. Uh, it needs some depends. No, the other kind of leak, the one that grows oh. off the ground. Oh. Yeah. Oh, Yeah, those leak. leaks. Well, okay, like an L-E-E-K. Yeah, an L-E-E-K. That's right. That's right, an L-E-E-K. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so they go, they're going through the planet. Something dangerous is lurking there. And they suddenly find themselves the prisoner of yet, of finally, we finally get a non-Jaffa, no, I'm sorry, uh, non-Gul-Wuld uh, uh, alien species with immense power. Side note, the Gul-Wuld only have super-duper power. They got the glowy eyes, but they got the little uh, hand, the little hand doohickey. I'm just realizing, they don't really have very many powers. They just got glowy eyes and the hand doohickey, which is technology. Anyway, but this one, this one is a powerful being. This Ooh. one is, is it a god? And is the SG-1 team there but for the grace of this god? Tune in next week for Stargate SG-1. Well. How'd I do? Interesting. I mean, that's kind of how what I say every time. I, I need to come up with different words. Help me out. What are some different words to describe Bren's descriptions of the well, next episode? That's what a uh, thesaurus is for. Oh. Uh, Oh, okay. Try again. Yeah. What? A thor- what? A no, 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 no. Yeah, ask me. Ask me how you did. So, Zach, how'd yeah. I do? Thesaurus. <laughs> did I use it right? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's late. <laughs> oh. All right, we're getting punchy. Right. Let's watch. Let's you, watch this promo. All right, let's watch this. Or all right, teaser. are you ready? Yes. All right. I'm hitting play now. Daniel's curiosity lands him in a parallel universe. Who the hell are you? I need to see Colonel O'Neill. You mean General O'Neill? Yes, it's like the Terran Empire. This is some sort of other dimension. Where the Earth's about to be destroyed. Oh no! We estimate the death toll to Earth as 1.5 billion 
and friend wow. has turned to foe. My people are dead. Wait, where is his goatee? He's got the eye one. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, man. How is that going to work out? That's awesome. Well, you'll have to wait till next week to find out. Uh-huh. I'm actually kind of excited. Yeah. Okay. That was there but for the grace of God. There Any other comments, Brent? Of God go I. Um, no. Uh, come try, everybody. This is a good try one. Come try. So, uh, tell us what you think about this episode. Tell us what you think about uh, our podcast. Tell us what you think about whatever you want to tell us what you think about. Yeah. Do that by emailing us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. It's W A L K I N G T H R U G H T H E S T A R G A T E at gmail.com. And I he stumbles across the line. <laughs> It's been a long day. It's been a long day. (laughs) Okay. Or follow us on Twitter and tell us what you think at Stargate Walking. Or go to Facebook to our Facebook group, Walking Through the Stargate, and uh, uh, enter the conversation Enter the conversation. That's a good one. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah. Come try walking through the Stargate. Come try walking through the Stargate. Zach, that's brilliant. Come try. Oh man, I'm sorry. I I just it. I don't know if it's just too late or what, but I think that that was that was a good one. You know. Okay. On that, I'm Zach <laughs> and I'm Prince. <laughs> this has been walking through the Stargate. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home. <laughs> Come try. <laughs>